0: In the Jonah Mass, we read an excerpt from the Old Testament Book of Jonah. That's our first reading. And we read Jesus' very strong reference to Jonah in the Gospel, specifically to the sign of Jonah. Now it's probably not a big surprise that Jonah comes up in the season of Lent because we know that Jonah preached repentance, and this is a season of repentance. We know that Jonah was sent to an evil city, and Jesus says this is an evil generation. We know that Jonah spoke about 40 days more. That was one of the only proclamations he really made. 40 days more and Nineveh shall be destroyed. And we're in a 40-day journey of Lent. So it makes some sense to us that Jonah would be brought before us for our reflection But it's also a surprising thing because Jonah is such a, well, he's a surprising figure. You know, the prophets, the the standard trajectory of the life of a prophet, the prophet is called by God, given a message, sent by God to his people so that the people will shape up and come back to the right way. And usually, in fact, always the prophet has a hard time of it because people are not that willing to come back to god so you think of jeremiah or isaiah or ezekiel or john the baptist and you see well these are men called by god given a message called to repentance and they're sent to the israelites and the jews and they suffer for proclaiming the message jesus comes in that tradition he's not merely a prophet but he follows in that that uh, style he's sent from by the father and he's calling people to repentance repent reform follow the, follow the gospel and the people are not very receptive at least not all of them well that part we can understand but Jonah doesn't follow this pattern, he's an exception. In fact, the book of Jonah is really unique. It's a great book. I encourage you to read the book. It's only a few pages. The book of Jonah is, yes, about a prophet, Jonah. He's called by God, given a message by God, and he's sent, but he's not sent to the the people of God. He's sent to the pagans. He's sent to the evil city of Nineveh. That's a surprise. And first of all, he doesn't want to go. Jonah is known as the reluctant prophet. So instead of all the, unlike all the other prophets who said yes to God, he said no to God. He got swallowed up by the whale, you know, the big fish. That's why it's such a great story. Everyone knows the story of Jonah and the whale, even children. But when he finally does get to Nineveh, and that's the part we read about in today's first reading, when he finally gets there, one day of preaching, and the whole city converts, the whole city repents, even the animals, everybody repents. So it's a, it's actually kind of a satire. It's a kind of a, a kind of a, a joke on the Israelites. Look, at, the pagans are ready to repent, and you're not. That's kind of how it's to be read. In fact, the only one in the book of Jonah who needs to repent is Jonah himself. (laughs) Everybody else is good in the book of Jonah. The Ninevites convert, the the sailors who are are on the ship with him, they all convert or they all uh, are repentant, and Jonah is the one who's hard-hearted. So it's very surprising that Jesus identifies himself with Jonah. You would think he would say, uh, I, I'm, I'm following in the tradition of Jeremiah, or Isaiah, or one of the great prophets. But instead, he, he, he says, I, I, the only sign you're going to get, evil generation, is the sign of Jonah. He's taking the, the sharp message of Jonah, even though Jonah is kind of in a humorous tone, the message is quite sharp. You, people of God, don't, you don't repent. The chosen people are the ones who, who are the hardest to, to convert. And, and, and Jesus takes this and says, this is really the problem. This is an evil generation. Here I am, sent by the Father to bring salvation and You're you're looking for a sign. How many signs did Jesus have to work? How many people did he have to cure? How many thousands of people did he have to feed? How many demons did he have to drive out? How many people did he have to raise from the dead? Well, we know, if people are hard-hearted, no amount of signs is enough. And that's Jesus' challenging word here. At the judgment, the men of Nineveh will rise, arise with this generation, and condemn it. At the preaching of Jonah, they repented. You have something greater than Jonah here. Now, this is where Jesus really, really uh, uh, drives home his message. Jonah, the worst of the prophets, the reluctant prophet, the the hard-hearted prophet, he had an enormous effect on the people, but you have someone greater than Jonah, and. What's your response? He also brings in, Jesus also brings in the example of the Queen of the South. Queen of the South is something like the Magi. You know, the Magi come from far off to find the Messiah. In the Old Testament, the Queen of the South went, came from far off to gain wisdom from Solomon. Now Solomon was, a, was a, a historical figure. He was a real king. He's one of the sons of David, you know. But he was, over time, became almost a mythological figure because he was the representative of divine wisdom. But the the Queen of the South, who's not one of the chosen people, who's far off, she makes this enormous effort to, to gain wisdom. And when she finds it, she welcomes it, she appreciates it. But Jesus' point is what about you? What about you, evil generation? Foreigners, pagans, make enormous efforts to gain wisdom. What about you? You think Solomon was wise. You have something greater than Solomon here. This is Jesus revealing that he's greater than Jonah. It's not hard to be greater than Jonah (laughs) because all the prophets are greater than Jonah. But the effect of Jonah was great. And he's greater than Solomon, who was considered the wisest man who ever lived. So Jesus is is trying to reach the hard-hearted people and and win them over. That's why this is a Lenten message, because we're the evil generation now. We're the hard-hearted people now. We're the self-righteous people now. We're the ones who are so slow to convert. Here, we're one week into Lent already. How how different are we? Are we saying, "Oh, Lent is 40 days. I got. I still have time." (laughs) You see the problem? The Ninevites, on the first day, when they realized they were in the wrong, they they repented. Ash Wednesday was enough for them. What about us? Now there's one, and there's a lot actually we can learn from Jonah. Let me add one more, one more uh, point, because part of the Lenten journey is a preparation for baptism, for those who are preparing for baptism, or for us who are already baptized, it's a season of renewal of our baptism. You know that that's, that's a big part of the Lenten journey, and it's a big part of the Easter celebration, renewal of baptism. New the new life we gain from Jesus' death and resurrection. What's the connection to Jonah? Jonah was thrown into the sea, thrown into the water. That's symbolic of what happens when we're baptized. He's swallowed up by the great fish. That's a symbol of death. He dies, symbolically. He enters into this period of, of, of confinement in the tomb of the the belly of the fish. And on the third day he is spit out into the dry ground. He he is given an opportunity for new life. That's baptism. We die and we rise. We're thrown into the water and we come up out of the water a new person, a new beginning. So the sign of Jonah, yes, is a sign of repentance. A sign that we should repent and not wait. But it's also a sign of death and resurrection, which for us is. What we receive in baptism much greater than anything the old testament proclaimed is the new life we gain from the sacrament of baptism we have not only not only some someone something greater than solomon and greater than jonah we have something greater than anything that has ever been revealed a whole new life so we're the we're the Jonah figures. They've already been thrown into the water and we're already out on the other side. So there's no excuse for us. Let us, let us do what what the scriptures are revealing to us. This is the, the Psalm response. A heart contrite and humble to God, you will not spurn. We're, we can be confident that God will not spurn us because he has already renewed us in the sacrament. So with this kind of encouragement, this awareness that there's no, there's no reason why we have to remain an evil generation, everything has already been done for us and given to us, let's go forward in this renewed spirit, the spirit of humble repentance and acceptance of salvation.